Welcome back, people. Happy mini sewed. Part three-ish. Uh, two and a half, 2.5. I mean, like, yeah, I'll, we'll say 2.5. Yeah, 2.75. Because we didn't want to make the other episode an hour and a half. So no, this is a nice we little, did not. little sprinkle. This deserves to be an episode all by itself. And we is going to keep it mini. There's my book. I found it. <laughs> did you see me looking around? Yeah. I was like, oh, jeez. We're going to keep it mini. We did, or we are. We, we did. <laughs> we did keep it mini. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we are. We're going to keep this chapter or this part nice and short. Um, same concept mm-hmm. as Just before. A continuation. Just a continuation of what you listened to on Monday or title, before this. Can you title the book? Can you say the title of <laughs> Can the I book? title the book? Sure. Um, this title of this book, written by Sarah Aquil Smith, is called Gentle Discipline. Using emotional connection, not punishment, mm-hmm. to raise confident, capable kids. Beautiful. And we're doing chapter five, which chapter is on... Chapter five, school, school discipline. School discipline. So. AKA, we're going to talk about what's wrong, why it's not working, mm-hmm. and what we can do better. Cool. Which I feel like is just absolutely a conversation that needs to be had. Oh, for sure. Um, not only just with us, but parents need to have it. Mm-hmm. Schools need to have it. And it just needs to... Continue and and grow and hopefully change. Yeah. And I was going to say, and I like how you mentioned parents, because it is important that parents understand how we're disciplining at school so that they can in turn do that at home, continue that, that same discipline method. And if parents are in disagreement of what their school is doing, they also should feel the right to speak up and speak out. Um, especially when it's for the best, you know, when research backs it, Mm -hmm. absolutely speak up and do what's right for your child. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's just jump right in. Yeah. So schools for a long time have had the focus on rewards and punishments or rather extrinsic motivation. And you and I can attest to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Discipline is just centered around crowd control. (laughs) And that's due to the overflowing classrooms and teacher recruitment and retention failing. Again, Sarah does a really great job of just stressing the fact that this is not the teacher's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a bigger societal issue that's going on in our schooling systems. So it's a systematic thing mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily have control over and we're doing everything in our power as teachers to, <laughs> um, what's the right word, like control it yeah. to alleviate the issues but Mm -hmm. there's only so much that we can do um but she does say that much of the problem stems from government demands um which take away the autonomy that teachers need in order to discipline effectively and uh to achieve the standards that are required of the teachers which i will say i feel like our school has made strides to change the status quo yeah what did henry lick you or something no he's wet oh gross (laughs) sorry i'm being attacked by a dog hi anyway just wants to be a part of it um but i do i feel like our school has made strides to change the status quo on punishment and reward systems yes especially i do love and i don't know i don't think our network did this but our Mm -hmm. school did get rid of the behavior ladder correct which i was very very happy that that yeah. was so <clears throat> acted it they acted upon it very quickly like i feel like it was carter that 
that started stopped, the conversation she started it mm-hmm. she stopped it in her classroom gave feedback and immediately they took it out of all the classrooms right so i i am very proud of how quickly that happened i wonder what started that idea i never love asked logic. her was it love and logic yeah, that she said logic. inspired it yeah that's awesome because it's hard because they teach us we do love and logic um seminar not seminars um studies I, demonstrations we have some yeah. we have larry kirby that comes in love larry we love him he comes in and does these love and logic talks um discussions whatever they might be um and it's hard to learn about love and logic while having a behavior ladder in our classroom that basically is the opposite defies yeah, everything that love and, logic love and logic is so yeah it's hard when they're teaching us love and logic and also saying yep use the behavior ladder exactly so i'm really glad that they took that out and that was k5 yes which was huge well k2 because three five, oh i guess three five used different forms yeah of. three five didn't have the behavior ladder just k2 did. right anyway <laughs> yeah get rid of your behavior ladders, which Please. we will talk about. Um, but schools often set their behavior policies that effectively inhibit teachers from working with their students in the way that they would like to. Um, even without all the crazy demands of standardized testing and attendance and this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. a teacher may struggle to control their class because of few children whose behavior is so poor that the time needed to d- discipline them alone means that their attention is spread thinly across the rest of the class yeah and I think that's every single teacher you come across like Mm -hmm. I mean there are so many different types of learners and needs and I mean just think of like lesson planning like when we learn to lesson plan you have to write into your lesson plan differentiated instruction differentiated instruction for an ELL learner for an ADHD student Mm -hmm. for an autism a student with autism so you even learn that in school that there's all these different things you have to do as a teacher and and you all are aware of that so right and there are going to be students where your focus just has they need you more than Mm -hmm. ever you know And, and it's hard because there are students that could technically qualify for a one-on-one aid but in the society we're in now (laughs) we're we're struggling to even get like general education yeah we're struggling to get just regular teachers so getting a one-on-one aid is even that much more difficult so you know that then your ta becomes Mm -hmm. that student's one-on-one essentially and then you're 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 with the 29 other students and your ta has that one student well, to and really then focus on the public schools that don't have a ta no, exactly. you know That's it's a, like, like it's like we're impossible. so lucky but yeah so um she quotes make no mistake in most cases the outdated ineffective and non-gentle discipline used in schools today is not at the fault of the teachers so mm-hmm. just to reiterate that it's not our fault and it makes me feel better i know <laughs> it really isn't and I think my one of my professors explained it best is like the school, the education system is on this like swinging pendulum right. where it's it sometimes they require this much of you. Like it just it's always changing. Right. Changing. Well, and we saw that huge over COVID, you know, oh, like expectations. Everything was just like, Ugh. you know, you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, it was survival mode. It was do what you can to. Yeah get anything like, anything into the brains of the children anything, please <laughs> yeah crazy times yeah I'm, i like i'm almost glad that we lived through it you yeah. know and like we're able to experience that because we did come that out was stronger my first year as a, as a late that teacher was your first too. year yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um 
But I love this quote. We have worked our way into a position where the intrinsic motivation of students as young as four is damaged in order to control them in a broken and ever more tested system that doesn't meet any of their needs. Mm. I think that's huge because if you listened to our last episode and if you didn't, you really should because it's like a prerequisite to this. Oh, yeah. Um, When you start throwing rewards and praise that is extrinsic Mm -hmm. or motivating them extrinsically you lose their intrinsic motivation and for that to happen at four and then progress from five to six to 12th grade like they're never gonna want to do no one wants okay not no one like (laughs) shout out to the high school teachers my mm -hmm, yeah no could not do that i can do it but like how do you even motivate them at that point if they're not motivated to be a better person Mm -hmm intrinsically you know that you run out of ideas Mm -hmm. eventually Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the problems shall we what are the problems taylor the problems (laughs) first and foremost there is a mistake that we are making where we the teachers are believing that students have an innate lack of motivation Mm -hmm. we don't think that they care and if they are misbehaving it's this assumption that the child is lacking the motivation to do better, which like could be true because we're throwing all these external rewards at them. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but there is an issue where we punish this the child for having a problem mm-hmm. and we don't get to the root cause. We're just like, you don't want to be better. Why not? Just How like dare s- you? Slap a consequence on it. Yeah. Yeah. So rewarding or punishing a child for a certain behavior just assumes that they have the ability to change it and they might not. Yeah. I mean, you have only so much information Mm -hmm. about a child and what they're coming in with. Um, And this idea that a child is simply demotivated to change and that dangling a carrot or a sticker or what have you, a lollipop in front of them will provide the necessary incentive is absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, we said that, like we've learned that through trial and error. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't get to read this book before I was a teacher. Otherwise I would not have done all those half the things I done. I've done. I've done. done. (laughs) But I'm, I'm going to say it. We are better people because we did that and we learned from our mistakes and we grew. No, always. I mean, they, that's like, everyone says that you learn from your mistakes and it's so true and that's where like all the growth mindset and the mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that we are constant or um um lifelong learners mm-hmm. because you and I both especially starting this podcast have read so many books yeah. just on simply to better ourselves yeah just to better ourselves as teachers and as humans and yeah, yeah. I'm grateful we for it we are beyond lucky to be in a position you and I both where mm-hmm. we can learn mm-hmm. and read these books and I guess like it goes back to the motivation behind this podcast you know yeah. just spread every ounce of information that we can and just hopefully make it easier yeah you don't have to read the book you can just listen to yeah. us now and give us your feedback mm-hmm. you know and continue the conversation but yeah anyway what are we talking about um uh rewards oh yeah yeah, yeah. the lack of motivation idea yeah so proper action 
to take would be to look for, like I said, the root cause on why a child is misbehaving. Mm -hmm. Why is this child not concentrating? Why is this child acting out? Why Mm -hmm. is this child doing this? Like get to the root because the odds are is there is a root to this behavior that you're witnessing and like you like in our your first part a lot of it can just be the physical like the the not the psychological the physiological the physiological hungry tired like some of it sometimes it can be that simple yes not all the time they need a snack yeah or they need water or they need to use the restroom and are terrified to ask you and obviously that's not always the case but sometimes it can be that simple you know what though Mm. i feel like a lot of the times it is as simple as they need food yeah or something proper nutrition yeah that's why i'm so happy we teach it in second mm-hmm. grade i wish we did at the beginning of the year but. i do too anyway. um but when children are treated as individuals or i like to say as human beings that's what they are um <laughs> and are helped to behave in a more acceptable way that's when you're you see the change happen mm-hmm. so just before you go and judge a child for misbehaving which i know can be frustrating you know especially when it's happening on a daily basis yeah think about the why like why is this happening what can i do to change what can i do to help this human be a better human because your job is for more than a year you know you mm-hmm. are there for life if you're doing your job right oh yeah i sorry little short side tangent i got a message from the alexa app this morning and what? i've never seen this before it was from a, a parent of a student i had last year and it just it was like hi and then it was a recording and it also said hi and i knew it was my student oh okay and good. i messaged back. i was gonna say you clicked on that link well yeah it was just from the alexa app <laughs> and so, so then the mom message she's like i don't even know how my kids figured this out i was like i didn't even know that messaging through alexa was a thing and she goes well your name is mentioned like on the daily at our house Aww, so it makes sense as to why so they were able to message you through our alexa because she's always listening who was it mouth mouth it to me um sorry you can probably hear the bone and <laughs> that my dog has too. um uh kl oh yes yeah. oh yeah um for so sure. it was so funny she was like oh. your name is just spoken on the daily at our house this is complete side tangent but i just thought that was hilarious That's like because awesome. that was a student from last year so the fact that they still talk about me um is pretty funny That's so cute <laughs> um and then another issue with the schools is that we are labeling children and we are developing fixed mindsets. So like how we were saying earlier with the love and logic and the behavior ladder, I think that was in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we have these things, we are promoting a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And often we can label children, you know, like, oh, that's the difficult child. Oh, yeah. we have the runner. Oh, we have the whatever it is the sassy one yeah Yeah. i mean you need to stop labeling children especially year to year as this year ends and you are creating classes for next year Mm -hmm. and you're looking forward to going and talking to the teacher and being like watch out yeah don't just be mindful of the information that you share and be aware of why it's happening Mm -hmm. you know don't just go to talk 
about children. Yeah. That's not well, it's not productive. I, that shouldn't happen ever. <laughs> no. Like that's just it's not a productive or healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But many of the schools talk about teaching this growth mindset and their policies foster a fixed one. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like we were just saying with the uh behavior ladder. Yeah. And the more children are punished for their behavior and rewarded constantly for their behavior, the greater chance that they will develop a fixed mindset. Yeah. Um and a child who is constantly suffering for their behavior is and being treated differently than their peers lacks the ability to change and will soon think that it's not even worth trying. Mm. So sense. on the behavior ladder, you get warning every day. They're like, look, there's nothing like, I can I do about it. Anymore. So, yeah, which you I saw. I definitely oh, saw that happen. Yes. Will you grab his bone and <laughs> chuck it out of the room? He's driving me crazy. Um, so taking the time to uncover again, that was so loud, the the root cause of the behavior, um, and working with the child rather than using rewards and punishment, you're going to be telling them that somebody is on their side. And again, it goes back to the fact that somebody is just listening to you. Mm -hmm. They are human and they are going to make mistakes and they're going to communicate with you through behavior. So... It all goes back to the why. Missing recess mm. and playtime is another thing that we're doing wrong. I'm going to preface this with stop taking away recess. Don't do it. I think that's all something that we have done. learned yeah. and done and are guilty of. And much of the time, the children that you're taking the recess from are the ones that need it the most. Mm-hmm. So how do you think the child feels when their friends are enjoying recess and playing and chatting and eating and just enjoying each other's company? (coughs) Sorry that I have to keep clearing my throat. And they're inside with a teacher. What effect do you have or what effect do you think that this has on them? And does it help them learn from their mistake and better themselves? Is really what the questions you should be asking are. And does this missed, the missed break is completely at odds with what the child needs. Like I said, it's an illogical consequence. Like Mm -hmm. the punishment doesn't match the crime. Yeah. I mean, just as an adult, like that would suck. (laughs) I was going to say like, if you guys all went out and Mm -hmm. had lunch together or something, then Dr. Jeffers is like, oh, you missed this assignment. You have to to sit in my thing and... (laughs) Sit in my office and do it. Be yeah. like, I hate you. I would be so mad. Yeah. And I, that's something, not necessarily that I like consciously like decided, like I'm not going to take any recess away. I just haven't done it this year. Um, and Mine I was definitely conscious. I was like, uh, we can't do this yeah, anymore. I didn't really think too much of it, but that's I just good. don't really do it that much. Um, or no, I haven't done it at all this year mm-hmm. because like you said, they need, that's their time. I want to give them their time and then if something mm-hmm. happens we'll find a different consequence but I'm not going to take their time away yeah you know what I will say though is I will have a student stay back for a moment and have a conversation with me if it, it's warranted oh yeah so like but that's not their whole recess if they're playing in my classroom mm-hmm. and like just not with it mm-hmm. I will sit down and I will talk with them yeah. and I'll say hey I noticed that you and so-and-so chatting up a storm or whatever what's going on what's the problem like do yeah. you need something what do you think is going to help? And usually like, actually this person's like super distracting. I really like them as a friend. I think I need to move. Mm -hmm. Like I need to move away from them and I let them pick a new seat. Like 
where are you going to be most successful? And Mm -hmm. that conversation takes like three to five minutes and then they're out the door. Yeah. You know, but I don't take that recess away from them. Yeah. Like I used to. Mm -hmm. I totally used to. When they missed homework, I was like, nope, you're done. Stay in here. Do your work. Yeah. And I'm like, no. I would let them do their homework outside. I'm like, you get to watch your friends play. I know. And then it all goes back to the punishment conversation of like, is this a logical consequence? Yeah. Um, Another thing that we're doing is class and school exclusions, which I needed to hear this again because sometimes it's so hard to not Mm -hmm. (laughs) do this. Um, But separating a child from their classmates or even, I mean, I have never gone to the extreme of the the school exclusion, like kicking them out of school for a day um, or what have you. But the book asks, how does separating a child from their class and their classmates help them to resolve the underlying problem that's causing their behavior? And how does it make them feel? And how does it motivate them to do better and believe that they can do better? I will say that sometimes students need a break Mm -hmm. and sometimes they just need to get out of the classroom while they recoup. And until someone tells me differently... I still believe that Mm -hmm. and I will still use that practice Mm -hmm. of, hey, go step out, take a lap, recuperate, come back. Mm -hmm. But to kick them out and to leave them out of your classroom on purpose for X amount of time and then to like forget about them is not not ideal. Yeah, I did it once. Yeah. I was just, it was out of anger. I said, get out of my classroom. I straight up just told the child to get out of my classroom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it was. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever be able. It was that that it was that one. It was mm-hmm. just that one student that it, just no matter what, yep. it was just anything he said. I was. It was yeah, I, and I don't think I could do it to any of my students this year. Um, but it was purely out of anger. But you did. And, you hit a breaking point. Yeah, and it's and then you. I feel regret. I yeah. do for doing that. Like I do feel remorseful, but. And then you're just leaving them out in the hallway. What are they going to learn out there? Right. They're not. Yeah. So. So it says, unfortunately, removal from the class or the school doesn't improve any behavior and it often makes it worse, which Mm -hmm. I did experience myself (laughs) this year. Um, The behavior does not go away, especially when there's not a follow up conversation that's being had. Yeah. Um, And research has shown that taking the disruptive children out of a classroom doesn't just negatively affect the child that you're taking out. But it also affects their peers and it makes everyone feel kind of like awkward and unsettled. Well, yeah, because they're seeing what you're doing to their friend. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I understand that. It just like makes tension in mm-hmm. the classroom. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing that we're doing wrong, which I think we've brought up a million times at this point, is the school reward system. So warnings of lost golden time or behavior ladders, sad, happy clouds, desk pets, traffic lights. You name it, those are all systems that focus on visual representations of behavior consequences, which are so demeaning and like detrimental. Take 10 seconds and explain sad and happy clouds to me. I have no idea. Okay, cool. I mean, that I was, was in like, the book. I don't know if I just sad don't and ha- I'm guessing it's like a happy cloud and then a sad cloud on the other side. And then if they're doing good, they get the happy cloud. And if they are doing bad, they get a sad cloud. There's also like the traffic lights where it's like red and then orange or yellow and then green okay. and everyone starts the day on green and then they flip to yellow if they're like being naughty and then nah. red is like no, no go thank you. <laughs> a that's too much work in itself no <laughs> and b it's a literal visual representation that like you're not your best self yeah, today like you're not doing good and everyone sees it mm-hmm. that behavior ladder 
oh, so-and-so is on warning. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so, are you going to do anything about it? And the kids remember and they know and they oh they know talk about it and they go home they're like this person was on warning oh this person had to go to the office Mm -hmm. today so it's like eh, it's just not and it's not building a community within your classroom yeah no my least favorite conversation that i heard at pickup was oh what color did you get today Mm -hmm. i got purple which is like the the top super scholar yeah i was like that's really the first thing you're going to ask your not, child. How was your day? Not, not like, anything. how are you? Yeah. What was your day like? <laughs> what did you enjoy about, you know, like, yeah. What color did you leave on? Yeah. You're joking. Like, how did you behave I'm today? I'm so glad that yeah. that's gone. Same. I'm so glad that it's gone. Um, but these types of systems leave children who are unable to behave better mm-hmm feel excluded feel shame and just feel like they are incapable of especially if it's prolonged change yeah and they just lack intrinsic motivation they're Mm -hmm. like well why would i care like why do i care anymore yeah and you see it as even in second grade you Mm -hmm. know they're like cool i'm on warning yeah big big whoop Big, big big deal yeah don't care especially when parents at home don't care either yeah oh it's very clear when parents don't don't care yeah So those don't work. So stop using them. And (laughs) I guess like what I said last time was, especially as we approach a new school year, Mm -hmm. um, be mindful of like what you're planning in place for next year and do what we did. We cut it out cold turkey this year and it was life changing. Yeah. And my gosh, what an amazing year it's been. It's been just motivationally Mm -hmm. and academically like the curiosity and the more I see more of their personalities come forth Mm -hmm. because they're not so stuck on being like model children yeah uh, every waking moment of the day so yeah so what can we do Taylor we can do a lot of things Skylar let me just tell you (laughs) this one was my favorite she recommended training for teachers specifically in the areas of child psychology and neuroscience and I was like Yes. Dr. Jeffrey. Yes. Bring that at me. <laughs> yes, like I all want all of that mm-hmm. because teachers should have knowledge on how a child child's brain develops. Period. I think we should bring that to Jeffrey's. And I think we should say, too. Let's do it. Like once a year, let's just do a refresher course yes. because anyone who's taken an education, yes. um, majored yes. in an education field has had that um, class, that child psychology mm-hmm. um, or child development. Um but it's been what three years, maybe. Yeah. So I think. Well, and then it's we got our master, so we got the refresher, but yeah, no one yeah, else has. Yeah, and I would still love a good refresher. And like the science is ever building. Oh, you know, always, it's always, always changing. changing. And I would always love to get like a child psychologist or psychiatrist. Which one is it? So, anyway, either way, yeah. Somebody and to give us a lowdown of like what the research is saying, what's going on in their brain, yeah. What cognitive skills are they capable of mm-hmm. at? seven eight nine yeah. five whatever like, are we asking too much of them at mm-hmm. this age are we not asking enough of them well now that we're kind of like in this semi post-covid era it's mm-hmm. like we definitely need a conversation of like what are the kids capable of now have yeah. milestones changed yeah do our expectations change like what sure does this have, look like especially for those kinder and first grade students this is on recording so now we definitely have to go to her and i think we should follow up i think that's a great we absolutely should let's do it um another thing that we can do to change is to form better connections with 
all of your students. Right. We have an entire all of episode your students. <laughs> yeah. on building relationships. It's literally titled Building Relationships. Ooh, you look it up, but it. it's a great listen. Um, just little things that you can do even throughout the day, small snippets like going to recess that build your relationship and rapport with your kiddos. Yeah. Did it um, not pull up? You threw your hand up. It was just taking a second. Um, building, building. Let me guess. Um, eight. Nah, oh. 14. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> episode 14, building student relationships. Darn. Listen to it. That's my favorite number. I should have known that. That's one. something I think you and I, I mean, we talk about it in that episode is like that we feel that we're pretty confident in yeah. our relationships with students. Yeah. And so. Carter was so kind to like draw attention to that one time. Yeah. She's like, you guys do a really good job of like building your relationships yeah. and knowing your children, your students mm-hmm. as human beings and mm-hmm. not just in their academic world. Yeah. Um, another thing that we need to do is regular breaks. I think mm-hmm. that goes for both adult and child. Yeah. Be encouraged to move around. Get up and go from desk to literature corner to circle time to whatever it is. Yeah. Move your body. It aids in concentration. It's going to help them reset and keep going. Also, provide opportunities for them to express their individ- individuality. Um, we have an entire episode on uniforms and I absolutely believe that you can have uniforms and individuality in a schooling system. Mm-hmm. Hands down, we see it every single day. These children can express themselves through their academics, through the curriculum, through just their through, intellect. Yeah, like I mean, everything. so many things show us who they are and what they do. You and know? I think it's, I yeah, and again, like you said, we have a whole episode, but uh, we are strongly on the side of uniforms because mm-hmm. because we're not focusing on what they're wearing. We're not no. focusing on their hair and all this stuff and whatever it is. Um, we want to know. <laughs> I have a hole in my sock. I have a hole in every single sock Jeez that I own. Louise. So <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, but, but yeah, so true. uniforms and, and expressing themselves and... and- it's not tied to labels. No, it's not. Your your self-expression, your individuality should not be tied to a label. No. And I that's and I the even, thing. Um I'm just thinking of like sharing student work. Mm-hmm. Like they're writing. Mm-hmm. I shared um a young girl a young girl. <laughs> they're all the same age. <laughs> I showed a young girl. I showed some uh one of my students writing in front of the whole class because she truly did a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. So I'm not complimenting her on her outfit for the day no. or whatever it is. I'm complimenting her on the writing that she was able to produce. Yep. And yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to show yeah. individuality. Um, but raise our self-esteem. Yep. Another thing we can do is identify the problems. Again, get to the root. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What ability or skill are they missing? How can you help them? How can you build them? Listen to part one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another thing is we need to be providing autonomy. This goes back to love and logic. Mm -hmm. Definitely check out that episode. Um, Children need to be able to lead their own own learning Mm -hmm. whenever they can. Yeah. What color can you use? What utensil do you want to use? Do you want to go this way or that way? There are so many things you can do with autonomy. Yeah, and give it's them so many choices, like little choices. Easy peasy. Yeah. Easy peasy. And you build that bank up. Mm-hmm. So when you do have to make a decision, it, they're more willing to comply. Yeah. Um, communication. This goes with your students. This goes with parents, teachers, admin. Problem solve as a team. Be a team. You are not alone in this job. And if you are, come to our school because you will not be alone. <laughs> um, like, didn't we do an episode on 
communication communication i feel episode like we 16 did. yes we did communication so, look at we're just like oh my gosh promoting our episodes <laughs> left and right um another thing that we need to be doing more of is getting fresh air Ooh, vitamin d both adults and children mm-hmm. get them outside when you can this helps with motivation concentration self-esteem I don't know what human doesn't like to be outside on the regular, especially in Arizona right now. When it's beautiful. When it's 70 degrees and sunny. If you can do it, do it. Literature is always a great time. Reading groups, we do it sometimes. Like whenever you can, Mm -hmm. if you can, make it happen. Yeah. Less testing. Conversation Mm -hmm. in itself, we should absolutely do an opinion piece on standardized high stakes testing because Mm -hmm. your girl will lose her mind (laughs) um but if and when tests are necessary you need to execute them in a calm stress-free environment Mm -hmm. and let them know that put your best foot forward i don't expect you to do perfect like things are hard you can do hard things whatever it is yeah Yeah. less homework Mm -hmm. this is also a good conversation for us to have at another time um i know that there are a kajillion um opinions of homework Mm -hmm. and I definitely think that your homework needs to coincide with what you're teaching if you are giving it Mm -hmm. and it needs to stop at a certain time like they especially elementary school children should not be exceeding x amount like we have 20 minutes of homework that they should be executing and if it goes past that that's when like you you draw a line Mm -hmm. you sign off on it and you contact the teacher yeah so any comments on that one? I feel like you commented on that one last time. Um, I mean, yes, and I like you said that could be an, a whole opinion. Like it's, we could do yeah. that. Um, we should I just jot it think down. I my personal opinion is that students should have homework at prep them for the real world. And, yeah, that's what you were saying. And last time. I know that there are situations for like high school students in which they have jobs and they have to take care of their families. You know, low income houses where they have to provide for their their families and I understand that right but it's also teaching them in the real world that you can't just like you have to time management and priorities Mm -hmm. and and I just think it sets them up for especially if you want your children to go to college and succeed in college like you can't just not give them homework and then they get to college and then all of a sudden they have these papers and yeah so I like I said they shouldn't be doing hours upon hours of homework but you know a second grader 30 minutes of homework that's yeah they can come home manage their time hey you want to let's do your homework first and then we can Mm -hmm. have dinner or would you rather do it later like things Work like that with them, yeah. so I and and yeah that's my personal opinion is that homework should be a thing I know that yes I I do see the cons in it and I see the yeah. pros and no homework um this is an argument we had in our bachelor's program mm-hmm. and I know my friend Vince was like nope no homework ever but I just don't <sighs> see the benefit we should get him back on we could uh, have that conversation Vincenzo it'd be a long conversation but I'm in yeah all right cool homework versus no homework <laughs> another thing it. is school age she mentions that school should be starting um past four so we're starting kids like even daycare centers are kind of starting educational things at like one you know mm. she said that if a child is starting school when they have just turned four it's just not in line with their developmental needs at that time which yeah. i think 
kind of to each their own on that one. All I situations so. are different. So I think you can start teaching your kids things when the they're... moment they come out of the womb. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Color like you can. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's depends important. on what's like. Anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then last but not least, I kind of liked this one. It was an mm-hmm. interesting thought because I mean, I still remember how I felt in high school, but yeah. start time for older kids needs to change to be later to match up with their biological needs. So back in the true part one of dental discipline we talked about how sleep and lack of sleep can have an effect and teenage kids their biological clock tells them to go to sleep later Mm -hmm. and then wake up later in the day and that school time starting at like 7 a.m is just not working for their biological needs yeah so i mean i remember that i remember Mm -hmm. absolutely dreading and then i had cheer practice in the morning so i was up at like five yeah and it was not fun at all so i think that is a conversation that could be maybe not an easy fix but an easy fix you know what i mean like yeah you can get the teachers on board Mm -hmm. go from 10 to four or five yeah i don't know i just feel like you could have i think that'd be challenging you know with to coincide with like the little ones yeah so high schoolers can drive later on and and just it's a conversation at least worth having. having yeah so cool that is it people because it was a mini mini yeah what are we the ish mini 40 minutes so like <laughs> it was a 2.75 mini it was definitely a 2.75 because we I were like yeah 20 it. minutes tops 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 <laughs> it's fine we hope you enjoyed it yeah and speaking of building relationships we are leaving in the next three minutes to go to a basketball game for yep. our former students so do you have a positive or should we just skedat? Um, I'll do a quick positive for okay. both of us. We're going to LA to visit Anna next Yay. week for spring break. We're really excited and we're going to eat lots of food and go to the beach. Yes, we are. And so Disneyland is full. So Disneyland is packed full. So we're not going to Disneyland. We said no. <laughs> nah. All right, people. Rate, review, subscribe. Send, Send your us teacher your tales. teacher tales. The spooky ookies, the motivational, the Anything weird, you want. whatever you Quotes. want. Who? quotes quotes yeah whatever you want teachers talk pod at gmail.com perfect and then follow us dms on the gram uh teachers underscore talk underscore podcast yes got and it we'll see you next week bye guys goodbye